Welcome back to another edition of the Bowlers Extra podcast as we get set to preview Purdue's preseason practices. Uh, First practice is on Tuesday. Uh, The first eight practices are open to the public. Uh, This week, starting Tuesday, August 2nd, uh, they'll practice Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Friday, Saturday. Friday is fan day at Ross-Age Stadium. But those practices are, uh, other than Friday, are in the afternoon, like 2.45 to 4.45. And then uh, the next week, starting on Monday, uh, the practices will be 9.45 to 11.45. And then uh, starting with the August 13th scrimmage, uh, the practices will be closed uh, to everybody, including us fine folks uh, in the media. Uh, Before we look at camp, uh, obviously Monday night, uh, Purdue uh, received a decommitment. Uh, Ricky Collins, the quarterback from Louisiana, who had been committed uh, to Purdue since October, announced his decommitment. Uh, he's probably headed to LSU. Uh, whether this is NIL related, I, it's probably uh, safe to assume that's that's the case. But um, you know, we don't we don't know that for sure, and. You know, every time Purdue doesn't get a commitment or gets a decommitment, doesn't mean it's automatically related to NIL. But you know, him being right there and in Baton Rouge and in LSU territory, they need a quarterback, so they've they've made a hard play for him. And um, and I, you know, and I think Purdue will be fine. I mean, he's obviously a talented kid. He's rated very high. He was in the Elite Eleven uh, in the summer, um, but. You know, when asked about his commitment to Purdue, uh, you know, in June, he was all for it and wasn't going to waver and wasn't really talking to other schools. And um, so what he said, you know, 30 days ago, 30 to 60 days ago, really doesn't uh, apply now. And it's hard to take, you know, people at their at their word, even though, he, you know, he's a high school player. But uh, you have to you have to remember things that you say. Um, you know, can come back and not haunt you, but come back and uh, you have to be accountable for for what you said. So, you know, what what changed and all that, um, may not know for sure, but, uh, but I, you know, I think Purdue will be fine because, you know, I think Brady Allen is uh, a multi-year starter for Purdue uh, once you get, you know, past this year, which he's expected to redshirt, uh, assuming everybody can stay healthy in front of him. Um, it doesn't mean he won't play because you can play four games and still redshirt. But I, you know, I think he's more looked at as um, the quarterback of the future. Uh, may, maybe fits the profile a little bit more of uh, what Jeff Brom would want. Uh, although I, you know, Brom has shifted a little bit. He he doesn't. He, he's looked at more multi or uh, uh, dual threat quarterbacks uh, here over the last couple years as opposed to the you know, the traditional uh, type quarterback, which I think, you know, Brady Allen uh, is. Uh, but, I, you know, I think Brady Allen is set up to have a nice career at Purdue, uh, assuming that the right wide receiver room continues to uh, bring in talent. So it's not a it's not a huge loss, but just kind of the way that it unfolded uh, just leaves a lot of question marks and leaves, you know, just a lot of things that, you know, you you don't 
you just wish you know it didn't happen that you know people would you know stay true to their word but if it is nil related and money's being thrown around then so be it i mean that's that's the world that we live in and that's what we you know that's what we have to come to uh come to expect uh but anyway that's you know significant news on the the recruiting front but this also i think allows jeff brom to uh to look into the transfer portal uh to see what's there from a quarterback standpoint uh when because they'll lose Aiden O'Connell and, and, and Austin Burton after this year and then have Michael Alemo and then, and then Brady Allen. Then uh, they do have other walk-ons uh, uh, on the quarterback depth chart, but you probably would need to look at and uh, maybe potentially get an, an experienced quarterback uh, to come in and compete for the job uh, after this season. So this will allow Brom and company to, to look uh, – uh, to look at some uh, other options uh, out there in the portal, and um, you know, and that's you know, portal. The portal is going to be a big part of how Purdue recruits. Already, you know, it's already been established the last couple of years, and uh, you know, I think that that will uh, continue. But as you look ahead to this year's team with camp starting, you know, what are the big questions? What are the the areas to kind of focus on? Um, there, there are a lot of things in my mind that are are settled with this team, at least from a, a, a starting standpoint. Um, there's always going to be questions with, as far as backups and the depth and all that kind of stuff. But I I think there's a lot of positions on this team that when guys are healthy that, they, that they're going to be the starters. And you know, as you start with the quarterback, Aiden O'Connell's the starter. There's no, no question about that. Austin Burton likely will be uh, the number two guy, uh, although they may not come out and say, say that. Uh, because you know, it could be situational if if they need to go with another quarterback. It could be a situation where uh, Jeff Brom did what he did last year at Iowa, where he used multiple quarterbacks in one game. Um, so so we'll see. But you know we know that Aiden O'Connell is the starter and he will play uh, as long as he can. Um, and and you know obviously Purdue fans hope that's for the, for the full season. Uh, but he, you know he's going to be the guy, and then, and then uh, you know whatever happens after that, you know you know will happen. So the uh, quarterback's in great shape. You know other positions on the offense that I think are set. You know obviously tight end Payne Durham is the number one. Garrett Miller's the number two. You have Paul Preferi, uh probably the number three. Uh, so that position is is pretty well set, and they have some depth there that other guys may might get a chance to rotate uh, in there. Uh, and you know, with no true, true, true number one receiver uh, on the outside or at the slot, you know, I think this is an opportunity to really uh, showcase those tight ends uh, in the passing game. Uh, I think the the talent is there. I think their dependability is there. You know, I think Purdue could really um, maintain what it's done from a passing standpoint if if the, if the tight ends are. Are, are more involved, um, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. Obviously, when you had David Bell and Rondell Moore, uh, a lot of the targets are going to them. But you know, I think this year's an opportunity to maybe up the percentage a little bit and get the tight ends involved. Uh, from a receiver standpoint, there there are there are question marks uh, there. Um, there there's a lot of options. Um, 
but it's a matter of getting getting guys you know healthy, uh, getting guys uh, out there on the field. Um, and, and as I mentioned, they don't have a I don't believe they have a a true NFL caliber number one receiver right now. Now that would have been Milton Wright if he was academically eligible, but he's not and he won't be. Uh, so you have to move on. Um, but the addition of Tyrone Tracy from Iowa, uh, you know, he has probably the makings to potentially be that number one guy um, based on what he showed in the spring. Now he's going to play some running back as well. And then Charlie Jones, another Iowa transfer, ha- has the makings of being uh, a number one guy there. And, you know, I wouldn't read too much into um, – kind of the stats that they had at Iowa because that's not a heavy pass offense so they they didn't put up a lot of numbers just because the opportunities were not there Uh, and I think you know in Charlie Jones's case a a chance to to come to a program that where he'll get more targets and he'll get more opportunities to to put his speed on display and uh, so those two guys have a chance to you know and I think they those two by themselves can combine to surpass what David Bell did last year when he had 93 catches. You know, I think those two can easily get in the, should be able to get in the 40 catch range, maybe higher. Um, so, you know, those two can, can obviously they'll be in contention for that number one spot. But the, the one guy that I'm really interested in, um, in seeing, uh, is Marshawn Rice. Um, you know he's got the he's got the body, uh, he has the skill set. He just hasn't stayed healthy. Um, you know he's a big he's a big receiver. Uh, he was playing well last year before he injured his foot at Notre Dame. Um, you know you just like to see him stay healthy just to see what he can do over the course of a season. Uh, and if he can stay healthy, I think he can develop into um, a, a top target on this team. You know, what Brock Thompson did in the bowl game last year puts him in, in consideration there. Um, you know, now he has two healthy legs. He's had rods inserted into his shins, uh, you know, the off-season surgery. So he'll slowly get back in, in, into the swing of things in camp. But, he, you know, he's a guy – he's a playmaker too. So, I, you know, I think they have a lot of playmakers there. But, again, they don't have that, that, that number one guy that – uh, which in the end could be could be a good thing for them because they'll you know they'll balance it out a little bit, and you know maybe you don't know exactly who um, who the ball is going to go to all the time, but I think over the course of the year, um, you know it, it'll start to emerge who 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 maybe the top one or two guys are, and if they can spread it around and everybody you know gets in a you know forty fifty catch range, then you know they're going to be hard to. They're going to be hard to defend. You know, Abdur Rahim uh, Yassin has uh, a guy that flashed last year before uh, another injury. He's another guy that's an intriguing prospect, but he hasn't he hasn't stayed healthy. Uh, if he can stay healthy, if Marshawn Rice can stay healthy, you know that gives them more weapons, and I think that gives them um, a, a lot more balance there. And then you have a guy like uh, Elijah Cannon who comes from Auburn. Uh, didn't play in the spring, so we haven't seen him. Big guy, he's six four. Um, and where does he, uh, and where does he kind of fit in this whole mix? And how long does it, uh, 
how long will it take in camp for him to 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 settle in and, and feel established and uh so there uh, there's a lot of um you know unknowns a little bit but there are some knowns when you have a guy like TJ Sheffield who uh did play well in the bowl game and before he got injured and you know seems to be the number one slot guy a guy that can get on the field a, a lot Deion Burks flashed some some uh some play in the bowl game um so again they have a lot of options there you know Colin Sullivan would need to take a step forward Zion Steptoe who you know had some moments in spring you have Preston Terrell from from Brownsburg who was involved in some trick plays um so again there's a lot of options there and I think the competition to get in that rotation of um you know, that first maybe one, two, you know, first two or three groups of, of receivers that are going to see the most playing time. I think there's a lot of competition there. And, uh, you know, that's really something to watch as as uh, preseason practices move on. The running back position, um, I just think you're going to see a lot of guys there. They don't have a lot of guys, but they you're going to see, I think the main guys obviously are going to be King Daru and, and Kobe Lewis. He's a transfer from Central Michigan. Uh, didn't play last year because uh, uh, he was coming off a knee injury, injured in, in, in preseason practices. So he hasn't played since uh, 2020, and uh, and his last full season was 2019. He put up decent numbers at Central Michigan, but you know he'll he'll contend for for snaps. King Daru, you know we know who he is, we know what he can do. Um, then you have Dylan Dowling. Uh, you know I think those three are going to be the main the main running backs, uh, in this, uh, in this system. Um, I don't know if it truly matters who's number one right now, and it may not matter who's number one, uh, throughout the season. I think they're all going to get carries. They all have, um, strengths that they can bring. Uh, but as, as, as I've written and talked about a lot with Purdue's running game, it's not about, getting 200 yards a game 250 yards a game it's about what you do what do you do situationally on third down and short fourth down and short are you successful in those uh, plays to keep drives alive to to run out the clock in the fourth quarter or get a first down late in the first half so you don't have to punt the ball to the other team you know those are the things I think how I think that's how you need to judge Purdue's running game and they're not going to set the world on fire from a running standpoint. They may have a game here and there where they, they do get in the triple digits, but to me it's all about situa- situations. And if they can if they can excel in the situational part of the running game, you know, that's really – I think that's really going to help uh, uh, the offense. From an offensive line uh, standpoint, there's some experience there. Uh, there's some veterans there, um, and they've got some newcomers that that are gonna they're gonna challenge. You know, the Gus Hartwigs, the uh, Spencer Holstage, uh, Eric Miller are, are three guys that are probably earmarked uh, uh, to start. Uh, Gus at center, Holstage at guard, uh, Miller at tackle. Uh, then you've got some some newcomers, uh, a couple transfers that have come in. But you also have uh, um, a couple of young guys, sophomores, who got a taste of playing time last year with Marcus uh, Mabeau, uh 
and then uh, Mahama uh, Musa, uh, two guys that did get some, I probably butchered their names, but two guys that did get in uh, and play some last year. I think they're, they're, they're obviously they've taken a step forward. Um, I think they have an opportunity to, to get in to get in there and play. If you remember last year, Purdue was pretty much set with the five, five or six guys that they played, and then there was an occasional newcomer that got in. I, you know, I think this group has more has more depth uh, than than the last couple of years, and you know, don't be surprised to see some more some more players get in there. Cam Craig is a guy that can play a lot of different positions, uh, and he's been around for a while. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, so look for him to 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 be in the mix, and then it just and they've got some they've got a couple transfers uh, that uh, you know Daniel Johnson who came from Kent State he didn't play in spring ball he wasn't here for spring ball and then Sano Fanu Fanau again probably butchered his name I just have to spell it right right is that that's all I have to do he came from Florida International and. Uh, uh, he did not participate in a lot of spring. Uh, so where these two guys fit uh, will be interesting to follow. And, they, you know, there's some, some other guys that have been around in the program a little bit that uh, will, will get an opportunity. But I do expect to see more players on the offensive line uh, actually play in games this year just to give them more depth and more, more of an opportunity to, um, to, to see action and keep guys fresh uh you know if you remember last year the the pass protection was i I thought was pretty good uh you know for 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 purdue keeping o'connell upright uh you know they struggled in the run game a little bit and that's where it you know goes back to situational football uh where can you can you get those third and shorts and a lot of that's going to be dependent on you know what what kind of offensive line push they get uh, and who's there, uh, but I do think they have more options than they've had uh, in the past. Now, defensively, uh, you know, the defensive line, I think, uh, has a lot of options. I mean, they've, they've accumulated uh, a pretty good uh, group of uh, guys that uh, should be able to rotate in there and play. Uh, Mark Hagan, you know, he talked in the spring about having, you know, three teams uh, being able to rotate in there. Now, there's no George Karloftis in this group. There's no NFL caliber guy right now. Uh, I think they have just a collection of uh, of good players that um, should be able to, to, to generate similar production that they got last year. Now, there's, the, you know, the teams are not going to pay attention just to one guy because they, they won't have to. But uh, I think when you look at this group, are they can they get the similar production they got last year from amongst a couple of guys? Uh, you won't be looking at one guy to to headline everything, but uh, you know can can a couple guys step in there and kind of give you the same production that George gave you? Now they're not going to be double teamed, they're not going to be triple teamed, but can they still? provide that kind of production and you know and I think that's that's kind of what they're looking for and you know it starts with the tackles with uh, Branson Dean who I, I think is has really 
maximize his career up to this point. I think there's probably more for him uh, to give and to, to play and produce for this team. And then Lawrence Johnson, who won't be available early uh, in camp after offseason surgery. But I think Dean and Johnson, uh, now they benefited from George being on the field. And they're probably going to face a few more different situations than they have in the past because you don't have George there to pay attention to. So they're going to have to figure out ways to, you know, maximize their game, Um, you know, probably facing uh, a few more double teams and some different alignments coming at them because teams don't have to pay attention to George. And, you know, when you look at the end positions, you know, Jack Sullivan is, you know, going to get the first crack at, at George's spot at the end. Um, you know, he's got the body, he's got the athleticism to, to really, um, to really make a difference. And, you know, how, how, how long can he hold up uh, at that spot? And again, there's going to be other guys that rotate in there. You know, Joe Anderson, you know, comes to mind. And then at the other end position, the Leo spot, uh, you have Kydron Jenkins, who played a lot there last year. Uh, transfer Scotty Humpich from Murray State looked good in spring. Uh, Yanni Karloftis will get a shot there. So they have a lot of options at, at these spots. Um, and then when you get back to the defensive tackle spot, you know, you're looking at Jamar J. Lewis, who, who played last year. Prince Boyd played last year. They have the Penn State transfer, Cole Brevard, uh, who's from Carmel. Uh, the West Lafayette uh, player, uh, Big Mo. Uh, uh, I, I think we'll get in the rotation uh, this year, and they, they said Mark Hagan has a lot of options there, and he'll he'll get the most out of them. Um, and if they can stay fresh as you get in the second half uh, of, of of games, then um, you know I think that's going to make this group a lot more effective. You know, uh, Corday uh, Sindor uh, had a really good spring at defensive end. He's a guy I think early in camp, kind of to see see where he's at from a from a progress standpoint. And does Joe Strickland, uh, a freshman who came in and played in spring, you know, is he is he is he settled in now? And what kind of difference can he make uh, in his first year? He's going to get an opportunity because he's an in-state guy and he came highly uh, recruited and uh, with a lot of accolades. So what kind of impact can he make in this first year? Uh, to to really push this defensive line uh, forward. Again, a lot of a lot of guys are going to be in the mix, and you know, as you get closer to that first game, we'll see we'll see exactly who who's in the position to uh, to play. You know, the linebacker spot, uh, not a lot of guys there. You know, Jalen Graham, obviously, he's an outside linebacker, but he's a guy that uh, can play almost anywhere on the field. He, he's not. Regulated just an outside linebacker spot. He can play safety, he can play nickel. You can line him up on the edge. He could be the Leo uh, if you needed him to. Uh, he's that good. I think he's that talented. I think he's poised for another big year. I think he's their best defensive playmaker. Uh, he's proven that. Um, and you know, he's a guy that I, I think is going to really, uh, you know, he's got a great chance to lead this defense in a lot of different areas, not just stats, but just overall as far as, you know, style of play uh, and things like that. Now, when you get to the other linebackers, uh, Kieran Douglas, who's now in his sixth year, um, you know, returns, uh, had a good year last year, um, you know, playing, uh, playing, playing the linebacker positions. 
and then Samisi uh, is back for his seventh year, uh, and you know, and Samisi and uh, Karen are more uh, fitted to face teams like Iowa and Wisconsin. They are, you know, thumpers. Uh, they're run stoppers. Uh, they are going to struggle when you face spread teams, just because they don't have that kind of athleticism. Now they've held up well, uh, but that's where Purdue would need like OC Brothers to really take a step forward uh, from last year uh, and, and get in the mix there. Um, and Clyde Washington, another athletic big body, uh, to to kind of help, you know, in, in passing situations, but also being able to to stick their nose in there and stop the run. Uh, so, you know, linebacker on defense is probably um, the biggest question mark when you get past Jalen Graham of how this is all going to work uh, for them. Uh, again, they you know, there's there's a few more options there, uh, but, um, you know, Samisi didn't play last year because he got hurt in, in early in August. Uh, so he's been out. He hasn't played since uh, 2020. Um, and he's in his seventh year, so you have a seventh year guy and a sixth year guy in the linebacker court, linebacker room. Uh, so there, there is guys that have played a lot of games, but this is a position I think, as I said, once you get past Jalen Graham, uh, I think um, you know there's a lot of things to watch there, and this will be a position that um, I think will be a concern uh, throughout the season uh, if, if no, if they don't get a little bit more development. Uh, from a few guys. In the secondary um, safety position, Cam Allen's as good as they get. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a nose for the ball. Uh, he loves to hit people. Um, and, I, you know, he's set there. I think Chris Jefferson is, uh, is set to take a uh, start at the other safety spot. Uh, you know, they lost Marvin Grant in the offseason to the transfer portal. He ended up at Kansas. Uh, but I think Chris Jefferson, uh, along with playing, you know, he'll probably still play some nickel. Uh, along with the safety spot, uh, you know, I think that gives them, you know, pretty good experience back there with Cam Allen and and Chris Jefferson, um, and you know, it was unfortunate that uh, that 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 Marvin Grant left uh, because he was he was a big hitter, but he was also a guy that, you know, struggled to stay on the field uh, due to injuries, um, but. Uh, you know, I do think they have enough uh, personnel there to, to kind of get through from a safety standpoint. Uh, you know, Sanusi Kane, who ended up playing some cornerback uh, in the bowl game uh, after moving because, you know, they had some, some guy, you know, they had some uh, situations where they, uh, they needed some help at cornerback. Uh, but he had, he had hip surgery after spring ball. So uh, where he's at from a health standpoint uh, will be interesting to watch. Uh, there's not a ton of experience outside of Cam Allen and Chris Jefferson, so how those young guys come along uh, will be uh, interesting to follow. One guy I'm kind of looking at is Antonio Stevens. If you remember a couple years ago, had a gruesome injury, um, but he was back on the field uh, in spring ball, um, and where where he fits, what role he plays, uh, you know, where will he add in that depth? Uh, uh, for them. And then at cornerback, um, to start camp, you know, two projected starters uh, in Corey Trice and Jamari Brown are, are not expected to be out there early, but Corey Trice obviously had ankle and knee injury last year. 
you know, I think he's, you know, he's one of the better ones, I think, in the Big Ten. Uh, he's long, he's athletic, he's, he's, he's proven himself over time. Uh, Jamari Brown had some injuries last year, got off to a slow start, but ended up being, you know, pretty steady uh, back there. But they've also got some, they brought in some transfers there with Bryce Hampton, who, uh, Division Two Adam State, uh, they got, and he could play, he can play cornerback and safety. Then you got T. Dennison, who didn't participate in spring ball, will will not be available early uh, in camp. Uh, and you know Jeff Brom had said that you know uh, Brown and Trice and Dennison are three guys that they expect to be on the field uh, for the first game. Uh, so they're very high on Dennison or Denson, and um, but. He's not supposed to be ready at the start of camp, so we may have to wait to see, you know, how he uh, progresses there. Brandon Callaway uh, is a young guy that um, will probably need to, to move forward. And then uh, another transfer, Reese Taylor from, from IU, a Ben Davis product. Uh, I think Taylor and Hampton uh, early on will get a look at that cornerback spot to see where where they fit. But if anything, I think they've got more depth back there that they can – that they can lean on uh, to keep guys fresh and going, um, and there's you know there's just more personnel back there for them to uh, to do to 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 work in and see you know how how that all shakes out uh, from a special team standpoint. You know Charlie Jones should lift the return game uh, because he was the Big Ten returner of the year, uh, and he's a guy that I don't believe likes the fair catch. Uh, and you know Purdue has been uh, fair catch you under Jeff Brom just because they they treasure field position and stuff like that and it's worked out for him so you can't really criticize him for it but they do they do need to get some production out of their return game both kickoff and, and punt return and uh, I think Charlie Jones is kind of the, the the guy that they've earmarked for that and we'll see we'll see how that plays out through the course of uh, the preseason pack. Uh, practices. Mitchell Fernan, uh, solid at kicker. He's back. You know, hit the game-winning field goal uh, against Tennessee, so he's uh, he'll be back. Jack Ansel, the Australian punter, you know, had an up-and-down freshman year, which wasn't surprising. Uh, a lot of adjustments he had to make, uh, but they're looking for a little bit more consist- consistency out of him. And um, if he can if he can put that together, then I think Purdue's punting game uh, will be will be in good. Uh, will be in good shape. All right, well, that's uh, kind of the, the camp preview of what uh, to look for, what to watch. There'll be other things that pop up uh, during the uh, the course of uh, the next two or three weeks, and uh, we'll do our best to, to cover it. Uh, some things on jconline.com uh, right now, if you want to check out some stories, you know, Ten potential breakout players that are not named Aiden O'Connell and Payne Durham and Cam Allen and uh, Jalen Graham. Uh, that's up there. Then some storylines to to track as we get through camp, and we'll have we'll have daily coverage up on jconline.com uh, throughout the the next two or three weeks uh, as as camp unfolds, and uh, we have uh, uh, the opportunity to interview players and coaches to to kind of see where things stand. So appreciate you stopping by. Uh, Thank you very much. Have a good day. And uh, we'll, we'll talk down the line.